Good morning, all. I'm Helena Dobbs. I'm 17, and I'm a senior at Georgetown Day High School in Washington, D.C. I've been at Christ Church for as long as I can remember, uh, starting with the Sunday School superheroes, Ms. Shannon, Mr. Hutchinson, Mr. Giovanetti, and then progressing from countless Christmas pageants to confirmation class with the Hostetlers and the Adenons. And now I'm proud to be a bona fide member of the coolest club on campus. That of course is Mr. Jason's awesome choir. <laughs> so I've not only grown up in Christ Church, but I've grown in Christ through this church. What an honor it is to be here today, thanks to the gracious support of Reverend Noel, Reverend Lauren, and Mr. Robbie, sharing with you some of my thoughts about today's readings. The story of the blind man took me back to my elementary school in suburban Alexandria. Burgundy Farm was famous as the first racially integrated school in Virginia four years before Brown versus Board of Education. It was a small private school where we tended chickens and raised pigs. We collected rainwater and composted trash. We'd released butterflies on Free to Be You and Me Day and found it hard to believe that there was ever a time when not everyone could just marry whom they loved. And we called our teachers by their first names. In other words, it was a happy bubble. That is a seriously crunchy happy bubble. <laughs> so in sixth grade, imagine our shock when a new kid joined our class, sporting a crew cut and proudly professing his support for a particular presidential candidate who was not popular at my school. This was just as my class was trying to process some of the inflammatory rhetoric on women and immigrants we were hearing from the campaign. Most of my classmates and I shared similar progressive perspectives. We embraced diversity, but not diversity in political views. The new boy was shunned by everyone, including me. He ate lunch alone and didn't join the other boys on the basketball court during recess. No one gave him a chance to explain or to get to know who he was. But there was a little voice in my head that kept telling me to get to know him. I wanted to know why he held these beliefs and what motivated them. I wanted to understand him more. So I gave it a try over lunch conversations and breaks in between classes. And through these conversations, I found that he actually disdained the bigoted and misogynistic comments emerging from the campaign trail. Yet he felt that no other candidate understood his military family, a family he felt was forgotten by all other political elites. We agreed to disagree on issues, but he was kind and not racist as I had assumed. We respected each other and I gained an unlikely friend. I think we tend to avoid the things we don't want to see or don't want to hear because it's easier and our bubbles can stay intact. 
we'd rather make up excuses like the disciples did when they assumed the man was born with blindness because he had sinned. He deserved his fate and their contempt. But Jesus reminds us that we should see beyond the superficial and focus on the heart. He contrasts those who can see with those who cannot. But those who think they can see are actually spiritually blind, while those who are blind can actually see. My classmates and I had rushed to judgment about the new boy. Our sense of self-righteousness clouded our vision and we refused to see what was really in his heart. In today's first reading of Samuel, the Lord seems to be conveying a similar message when he appoints Samuel to find the new king in Bethlehem. Samuel takes one look at Eliab, Jesse's eldest son, and is certain that he is the new king the Lord has chosen. Eliab must have cut a pretty impressive figure that screamed king. Maybe he was seven feet tall with bulging muscles and an imposing face. Kind of like Chris Hemsworth wielding his lightning hammer. <laughs> but the Lord says, nope, wrong one, and admonishes Samuel to not based on appearance or height or stature, because the Lord doesn't see as mortals see. The Lord looks straight through the heart. But Samuel the mortal kept on judging by appearance, he went down the line of each of Jesse's sons until he finally got to the youngest, David, the ruddy-faced child doing the dirty work of herding the sheep. And the Lord chose him, the least expected one. He looked at the boy's heart rather than external signals of power and strength. To me, it's a biblical Cinderella story the Lord favoring the least expected over those with power and privilege. In this season of March Madness, it reminds me of how the Lord granted his good graces upon our unlikely locals, George Mason, to vanquish the top-seeded Connecticut and make it to the final four. <laughs> In the gospel, the Pharisees also judge and doubt the man with blindness. They want the man to denounce Jesus. After all, only a sinner would dare to perform a miracle on the Sabbath day when no one is supposed to work. But the man wouldn't budge, so they asked his parents, was he really born blind? The parents confirm he was, but are too scared to tell the truth about Jesus's miracle, fearing that they'd get kicked out of the synagogue. So what do they do? They say, Please go talk to our son and let us off the hook. The leaders turn again to the healed man who continues to defend Jesus's act of grace and they banish him from the synagogue. Now that's the power of fear and the fear of power. Oh, and mom and dad, if I ever get in trouble, please don't throw me under the bus like that. <laughs> the outcast man sticks with Jesus professing, Lord, I believe. Jesus tells us that in his judgment, those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. 
Here again, Jesus turns the world on its head. He reminds us that he came into this world to give sight to those who want to see and to take away the sight of those who think they can see, but are spiritually blind. Jesus is the light and reveals truth through his light. If you are willing to confess your blindness and seek faith and understanding, Jesus will open your eyes and show you the way. As for me, whichever college I end up at this fall, I honestly don't know where yet, but Jesus's light will reveal that truth to me in the next two weeks. <laughs> Wherever I end up, I know that I'll cross paths with people from diverse backgrounds, with ethnicities, gender identities, political beliefs and religious beliefs that are different from my own. Hearing about all the division in our society, the culture wars, the partisanship, it sometimes seems daunting for me as a teen about to leave the nest. So I want to heed Jesus's lesson, to go outside of my cushy bubble and put aside all the biases and preconceived notions that could blind me from seeing the good in others. If we can all try to find the light of Jesus in others, maybe that's how we might start to minimize the rancor and really open our eyes to find common ground, a sacred ground. Amen. Amen.